What is going on, everybody? Welcome into Anti Up. I'm Howard Bender. Yeah, back in the saddle here with my man Adam Ronis. Adam, did you did you miss me, Adam? Was it was it was it painful doing the show without me? You were gone. When did you leave? Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I missed you. Yeah, sure. <laughs> you had some great shows, dude. I'm not going to lie, man. I was, uh, I saw it. I was like, wow, all right. So Corey Parson was on. Mike Florio was on. Um, who was Ray the Jewett. other person? Oh, Jewett was on. And Matt Modica. And Matt Modica. That's right. That's right. Yeah, Matt, Matt Modica's the, the big high stakes guy. Yeah. So... Yeah, some sick stuff there, man. Dude, I can't I can't escape that guy. So the first draft champions league that I did, he was in, and I just signed up for another one. He's in that he's one there. too. But he's there. What does he spend on uh on, on draft champions a year? Oh, what do you my, think? Uh on draft champions? Um I don't know. There's I think he does this one is four hundred, there's a one fifty and I think there might be a little bit higher one, but I, he's already done a, a bunch. And I know he's already, I saw him tweet out today. He was in a online championship too. So that's like 350. He does main events. Yeah. He does a lot, man. <laughs> he, he must, he has to spend at least five figures. I think. Yikes. Yeah. Yikes. Definitely I wish four, I, maybe five. I wish I had that kind of discretionary income. He must not right. have a wife like mine. He has a wife. I know that. <laughs> yeah, but she's not spending all his money. <laughs> I don't know. I I don't know. I could ask him next time. <laughs> right? Seriously. Well, dude, thank you so much for for covering for me, man. I appreciate it. I figured uh, I figured we could take this opportunity here uh, for you to catch me up. <laughs> no, what's going? I I literally so I, I I spent this entire time uh, this past week. I set my 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 hockey my fantasy hockey team lineup on a daily basis, but I, I literally stayed out of like even the majority of the news and watching games. Like I really just wanted to completely decompress uh, from sports. Now, obviously, there are certain things that I you know I know who's in the Super Bowl, right? <laughs> um, uh, I I know that Conor McGregor got his his brains beat in. Um, I know that there was some some very interesting MLB uh, free agent signings and stuff like that, but uh, I think most of all, I was super excited to see that the the Jets might actually get Deshaun Watson. Yeah, we did talk about that before you left, and then Deshaun Watson reportedly officially requested that trade. And I know when I was looking at odds last week, I haven't checked any updated odds, but the Jets were the favorite at that time on points bet plus 200 Dolphins were plus 400. So, but then you're also hearing some murmurs that uh, Texans might not trade him, And if that happens, obviously he could hold out. So you would think though, at, if he really is adamant about leaving that they just say, you know what, let's not deal with this. Let's just get some draft picks and some players and just move forward. Uh, Cause they're already in a bad spot with, no draft picks uh, in the first two rounds this year. No draft picks in the first two rounds. That's that's definitely huge for them. That's definitely huge. I, you know, listen, I, I'm with you. I think you got to get rid of a disgruntled guy like that. You just you can't you, you can't hold on to it. And I mean, listen, there's a lot of shit going on in, inside the the Texans organization. Anyway, Jack Easterby is still there, like you know, 
working on behalf of the team uh, and like talking to agents and talking to free agents. So he's, he's still very much involved in the football side of things still something that the Texans said that wasn't going to happen. But I mean, this right now, if if he's, if if Easter B and all the situations and stuff like that, that have happened um, are the reasons that, that Watson wants out. I mean, if you're the Texans, would you could you tolerate him holding out this year? That would be a nightmare. Yeah, it would be a nightmare. A nightmare, and you know, there's definitely going to be high demand for him. I mean, a quarterback, 25, 26 years old, that's already had great success in the NFL, mm-hmm. and you know, it hasn't been an ideal situation. He continues to put up numbers. Some people were concerned. Oh, is he going to do it without DeAndre Hopkins? No problem. Uh, he had that connection with Will Fuller, then Fuller gets the PED suspension, and then doesn't matter. He still puts up numbers. So uh, Watson's going to be highly desirable. And if I'm a team that needs a quarterback, you've got to be in the conversation. And it is going to cost you a lot of compensation, obviously. But we all know having that quarterback is pretty important if you want to win a Super Bowl. Well, of course, you know, we've seen instances in the past where you haven't had the elite quarterback, but just look at the final four teams this year and look at the quarterbacks, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers. I mean, common denominator is all top quarterbacks in the NFL, and you kind of need it with the way the game is played now with the offense uh, being a big factor. Do you think the Rams turned around and uh, and offered up the same package that they gave to the Lions for Stafford um, to the Texans for, for Deshaun, like to, to make a move like that, to mortgage the future, like the Rams did. Cause now it's, this is what we're looking at like eight straight years now where the Rams won't have a first round draft pick, um, to end up like mortgaging the future like that. You do it with Stafford or, you know, you, you try that with Watson. You think they, they just didn't have the draft capital, uh, to give them. Yeah, my guess is they probably inquired or were probably laughed at, like, no, or were told, look, we're going to wait this out. And they decided, I mean, you could hear the comments that were coming out about Jared Goff right after the season ended. You knew that he was not going to be back and that they had lost confidence in him. And yeah, it is a high price tag to pay. But I think basically they said, look, we can win now and our window is going to close. They had a great defense this year and you know, Goff only does well when the situation is perfect for him. He's not a guy that's going to lead you from behind. And the Rams know him better than anyone. And we, I, look, Stafford, you can knock him all you want. I mean, he's had a really good career. I don't think he's been in a great situation in Detroit. You can tell me, well, he's had receivers. He's had a running back here or there. They never had a good defense. They were a poorly run organization. So you can break down the numbers all you want. And say, they haven't well, had a good not. coach in how long? Right. I'm saying so like you could say, well, if you break down the numbers, is Stafford that much better? I think he is. I mean, sometimes you you can break down all the numbers you want. Sometimes you just kind of watch and, you know, and I just think Stafford is is an upgrade on Goff. And you know, Goff has taken them far. Right. Got them to the Super Bowl. But they were clearly uh, out coached in that one with Bill Belichick. Uh, I mean, that was one of the worst Super Bowls we've seen in recent times. It was well, just a horror boring. show. What they score? Three points? Three. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I, look, yeah. Is it a high price to give up? There's no doubt. But maybe the Rams go, look, we don't have no first round picks all these years. And look, we've still been good. So let's just get the guy that we think. Because they're a team, especially if they are able to continue to play this defense. They have a great running back in Cam Akers and everything with Big Bay focuses around the running back. 
Like you don't need like you just need Stafford to be solid. Like he doesn't need to carry them. Like Mahomes carries a team or Rodgers carries a team. You don't need that from Stafford. So I think the Rams said, look, we just need a confident quarterback. He's a veteran. Uh and, and we're giving him good weapons. So I think that was the thinking behind it from a Rams perspective. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that it, it is the move. And you know, and that was the, the thing that I was I was talking to uh I was actually talking to Jim Bowden about it because I said, you know. With where the Rams are, because I mean, listen, Cup, Woods, uh, Van Jefferson, uh, Josh Reynolds. I would put Reynolds as the number four, even on that team. Um, you've got two solid tight ends in Higby and and uh, and uh, and Everett. I mean, you're not losing. You're not losing a bunch of stuff. So you have the defense also that's already there, that's already in place. You've got the weaponry. You've got a kid in Cam Akers in the backfield. I mean, this is definitely this is definitely the best position I think Stafford has been in, and the money that 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 a team makes just off of the getting to the Super Bowl, like for the Rams to do that, to let's say the Rams got to the Super Bowl uh, or were able to win the Super Bowl, then all of a sudden it's like if you win it in like a year or two, well then the the four years next after that that you have to like rebuild and start over. It doesn't matter. You're not as uh, as financially distraught uh, because of all the money that the Super Bowl brought into you. Yeah, I mean, obviously, if they win a Super Bowl with Stafford, then we're all going to say, oh, this was a great trade. Now, if they don't even get to the playoffs the next few years, but that's how oh, people. I mean, if they don't get to the playoffs, yeah, I mean, right. that's I mean, that's something. Yeah, right. I mean, that's but that's how people judge everything. Right. It's all based on results. And we're trying to hear make a decision now of what we think. Um, but ultimately it's going to be judged by how they perform. Now, if they, yeah, if they get to the Super Bowl and lose, I don't, I don't think you, it's, it's tough to be critical. It's very difficult to get to the Super Bowl. We all know that. Um, so I think time is going to tell them, and that's how everyone judges. Like, well, you made this trade. You, look what you gave up, and you didn't even win. That would be a very bad thing. Very sad, very pathetic. I, you know, listen, I mean, this it, it's, it's a go-for-broke move. It really is. So – all right, better chances in 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 Adam Ronis's mind right now. Clear clear mind, Adam. Mm-hmm. Better chance of happening: Rams win a Super Bowl within two years, or the Jets get Deshaun Watson. Uh, I gotta go Jets getting Watson because we've heard some indications that that could be the case. Uh, I believe Watson likes a lot. I think that helps. So. I mean, look, this is the thing. When I look at it, though, like you look at the top two teams, Jets, Miami. Isn't Miami more desirable now? I think he likes, uh, you know, he probably likes the culture there, too. Um, with what Miami has done, they have all the draft capital. They yeah. had, they've had it. They had a really good year. You know, you could see they have the money, I believe, to add. You know, what if they bring Allen Robinson there with Deshaun Watson and then Devontae Parkin on the side and Gusecki and they draft a running back. And yeah, it seems like that team is more set up, but then you hear other indications that Watson does want to go to the Jets. Some of his family members are Jets fans. So I don't know. Um, Then there could be a wild card team that comes out of nowhere. Right. That's the thing. There's so many teams that have got to push for him. So many. But I mean, winning the Super Bowl is very difficult, so I'm going to lean towards Watson okay. because because they are one of the leading teams now. I mean, you know, it. And look, the, look, though, I think 
Let me see. I don't know. Would how how would the would the Rams have won in Green Bay with Stafford at quarterback this year? They might have. I mean, Goff did have a bad thumb. We got to be fair. Actually, I thought he actually didn't play that bad. In that he game. didn't. I didn't think he played that poorly, considering that he just had thumb surgery. Like he was like right. two weeks removed from it. Agreed. Yeah. Um. So I don't know. I mean, would they have won with Stafford? I that that's that's hard to say. I mean, you 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 know, I I haven't looked at Stafford's numbers against Green Bay in particular. And and See, I, mean, I can't that's... I can't judge that man because it's a different team. With the, Detroit is just it's a losing culture there, man. Right? No, no, You're... no. I'm not I'm not talking about wins and losses. I'm talking about like his style of play. Like right. how did he play in the game? You know, I'm not going to just sit there and look at stats and say. You know, okay, here it is. I'm gonna look at stats and say, okay, why was it like this? Why, you know, and take just a deeper dive into it um, to do that. But because you're right, I mean, listen, you're you're talking about apples and oranges when you're talking about Sean McVay's offensive scheme with Matt Stafford versus, you know, I don't know, Matt Matt Stafford working under Matt Patricia. Right. Yeah, just absolutely. And and, and that atrocity that, that was, you know, that was there. So, no, I agree with you there. Um, as far as um, whether or not Miami is the better place for Deshaun Watson or the more desirable place, I mean, I guess, you know, if you, if you look at, if you, if you like the weather, you like the culture in Miami, um, the team itself, I think, is definitely, you know, it stacks up better. The defense is stronger. Right. You know, right. you've got to do more work. I mean, but then again, you know, uh, I think I mentioned this on a previous podcast of you. He might go, you know what? I want to go to New York and make them a winner. That's you know, it. That's yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, forget it. You, you know how New York is. He comes here and he somehow gets this Jets team to a Super Bowl and win it. Forget it. He's going to be like lauded forever. Yeah, he can just get, look at look at legendary can, New York sports figures. I mean, he'll get lap dances for free the rest of his life here, and more, and more. Yeah, like like champagne room, like an inch closer. Yeah, but whatever he wants, it doesn't matter. <laughs> like he says it, he gets it. If you win a championship, here. well, see, and that's that's the thing. Like I get that Miami is you know a, a, a hot city, and everybody loves Miami. It's you know it's a great place to you know to to be and to party and. The vivacious nightlife and all that, dude. There's nothing like New York. There's just nothing like New York. And yeah, to be that guy who delivers, um, just you know, championship style performances, like it, it'll be nuts. It'll be nuts. And and the Jets do have great draft capital as well. Jets could turn around and get Allen Robinson. They could get Deshaun Watson and Allen Robinson. Right. They can. And uh, and and so then it's Robinson with Denzel Mims, and you've got Crowder as your slot receiver there, um, you know, and you and you you just sit there and you you either you can either go and and hunt through free agency and see if there's a running back that you like. I'm not talking about going after like an Aaron Jones type. I don't want to. I don't want to have to overspend on the uh, on the RB slot. I would much prefer to have Watson. With a strong receiver like a like an Allen Robinson, uh, and then just you know what, use that draft capital that you've got, and just work on the offensive line, work on the defense, and try and see if you can sneak a a running back or two in there. You know, just a just a serviceable guy doesn't need to be uh, an elite runner. Oh yeah, no doubt. Definitely. 
Watson. You want him to throw the ball, you know, and we've seen what he can do. You know, you want a good receiving back, you know, although not not really. He doesn't really check down on the running back a lot. We've seen that, you know, they didn't really use David Johnson, Um, but maybe different in this system, too, because it is going to be more of a. Well, I don't know. It might change if you get Watson, but either way, yeah, you don't need to invest a lot in a running back. No, I don't think so at all. I don't think so at all. And I've had this conversation with my fellow Jets fans also. And, you know, I mean, you know, there are some who are like, wow, we could we could we could build up so much and still use Darnold and and you know, still get, you know, top free agents. But I'm like, ah, Deshaun Watson's just I mean, it's just to me, that's just a different level. That's you know he is a top quarterback. Sam Darnold might be, but we don't know for sure. Right, right, right. Totally true. It's totally true. Um, all right. So so that's what's going down in the old NFL right now. I wanna I wanna switch gears. I'm gonna get you because you know what? You know, thanks again to the FSWA for making us a finalist uh for the uh our, us being a multi-sport podcast. Um I want to talk a little baseball with you. What do you think about this uh Nolan Arenado now with the Cardinals situation? Like from from multiple standpoints, like from a fantasy standpoint, from a baseball standpoint, um, from, you know, we've also heard some of the whining and crying from people about the fact that this, uh, you know, this this is a deal that it's all about money. It has zero to do with players. And, you know, it's 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 kind of an unfair deal. So I'm curious as to your thoughts on, on this whole move. Yeah, it's bad for baseball. I mean, there's no question about it. And the problem is you have very few teams now that are really competing to win a World Series. And a lot of teams are just giving up and rebuilding. So it's a problem. Uh, you know, that's why this deal is complicated. It's not official yet. It looks like you know, the Rockies are going to send over $50 million to the Cardinals to cover some of the contract. Uh, so it's just not good from a baseball perspective. Uh, the Cardinals, to me, it makes them the favorite in the NL Central. Uh, and it's not really saying a lot because that division going into like last week, I think they spent like a total of $3 million this offseason. It's pretty pathetic when you look at the breakdown because none of those teams are really going for it. Pirates are just trading everyone left and right. The Cubs are getting rid of players. Uh, the Brewers really haven't done anything. The Reds have been quiet. So it's a pretty bad division right now. Look, everyone's going to say, oh, Arenado takes a huge hit. He's leaving Coors Field. Look at the home road splits. Yeah, it's pretty obvious. I think really the biggest area where he's going to take a hit is average because Coors really boosts average more than home runs. Everyone thinks it's home runs. It's really average in the gaps and the hits that fall in and the altitude in the thin air. So Arenado has been going in the third round of drafts. He's going to start to fall to the fourth or fifth. Um, I'm okay with them there. It really depends what I have. I mean, he won't be a target. I think he's still going to put up good numbers. I still think he can hit. Uh, and last year, I think, was the shoulder injury was a factor. You know, he didn't have a good average. Uh, but his contact rate was still good. And, you know, it's it was tough to judge a lot of guys in that short season. You know, some players, it takes a while for them to ramp up. Some are slow starters. So there's so many factors that go into looking at last year's numbers. Uh, but, yeah, it's pretty clear when you look at the home road splits. And it's that way with any player in Coors Field. But we have seen guys leave Coors, Matt Holiday, DJ LeMahieu, have success. So yep. I still think he's going to be good. But from a fantasy perspective, all right, he's a 293 career hitter, right? So say he hits 
270, 275. He doesn't run, so he's not as appealing anymore, right? Because you were like, well, this is a guy that could hit 300 playing a course. He had 315 in 2019. So you were getting a four-category stud. Now you're maybe getting three, three and a half, because the average is not a detriment at 270, 275, but it's not 295, 300, or, you know, potentially 310, 315. Yeah. Yeah. I was just I'm looking for his uh, his splits at, uh, at Bush Stadium. I think he actually have pretty good numbers there. He does, where, actually. Yeah. 24 games in uh, in Bush Stadium. Uh, slash line of 278, 337, 511. Right? 25 home runs in 98 plate appearances. I mean, come on. 25, not uh, home runs. I'm sorry. You had, uh, it was 25 hits in, uh, in 98 plate appearances. Five home runs, 17 ribbies. That's, you know what? I mean, that's that's not bad, dude. That's not bad, and now you're putting him. You're 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 putting him in 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 a, in a murderer's row with Paul Goldschmidt and Dylan Carlson, the rookie. Um, all of a sudden, that's uh that's one hell of a three four five. Yeah, no, it's a it's a pretty good lineup, and in that division too, they just there's not a lot of competition there based on what these teams are not doing here in the off season. Right. And well, I mean, let's also let's take a look at the fact that, I mean, some of the weakest pitching that we've seen is coming from uh, the set. It was, it was coming from both central divisions last year. Right. And now you're looking at what Pittsburgh's got, sitting on right now. Ugh. um, You know, the Reds are going to lose Bauer. I don't know. They, they might lose Castillo. There's still a lot of teams looking to trade for uh, for Castillo. Um Milwaukee, Milwaukee never does anything with their pitch. I don't understand that. Do you understand that at all? No. Does that make any freaking sense to you? Like no. Milwaukee's just always refusing, refusing to sign any kind of free agent pitching. It's not even like for like a three-year deal or anything like that. They're just, they're like, we will, we will take your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to throw free. And it's, it's awful. Yeah, it makes no sense because they had a really good lineup a couple years ago and they couldn't, you know, they were a competitive team, but they never got to the next level because they didn't have any starting pitching. Nuts. Nuts. Um, all right. And I was going to talk to you. I was going to ask you your thoughts about spring training possibly being delayed, but I'm hearing more and more now that uh that the delay is strictly the the players association rejected the uh the owner's uh proposal owners did you see the owner's proposal yeah to push it back because i push think it they, back play yeah. 154 games but we'll pay you for 162 um you know push back spring training to start on the first of march and have the season start on the first of may Something like that, or push spring training to like mid March, and then have it start in the first of May, um, and that got rejected. So I, I think we're playing games as is, um, unless uh, unless something cataclysmic absolutely happens. Well, I hope so, uh, but you never know, man, with baseball. Because again, why do we still not know if there's a universal DH? Like they take their time with everything. It's it's insane. It's so fucking crazy. I don't even I, I I mean, I know that we've had this discussion before. We've had it here on the podcast before. Like it just it makes 
no sense. Like, I mean, are the baseball owners like that old fashioned, old, like, you know, like so freaking greedy that it's like, I mean, listen, I get it. You know, demands of players at times can be so ridiculous, but I mean, this really has seemed like ownership has just been, you know, unbelievably tight wad. Well, players don't, players are not even asking for anything now. They just want to report and play and the owners are trying to stop it. It's like, wait, we want to just show up and do our jobs. And now you're trying to push it back. My guess is maybe Bolden talked about it is they're trying to push it back because they want to try and get fans in the stands, right? Oh, that's that's 100% why they're pushing it back. Absolutely. They're hoping that if they push it back and the season doesn't start until May 1st, they can still play into November. Um, But what they're hoping is is that more people will be vaccinated and states will loosen up the the regulations with how many people you can have in the stands. That's 100% what it is. Yeah. They're not, I mean, (laughs) I'm sorry. The owners don't give a shit about the health of the players. (laughs) That's not not even close. It's crazy. It's crazy. Um, All right. Before you catch me up on uh, more stuff around sports, just want to give a quick shout out to our sponsor, uh, Monkey Knife Fight, the DFS site that y'all should be playing on. And here's why. (laughs) Do you like to play daily fantasy sports? Then you need to check out monkeyknifefight.com. MonkeyKnifeFight.com is the fastest growing daily fantasy site in the world because MonkeyKnifeFight.com is different than the other daily fantasy sites. That's because on MonkeyKnifeFight.com, there are no salary caps and you don't have to play against sharks, which means anyone has a chance at winning, even you, Adam, even you. Uh, MonkeyKnifeFight.com has tons of fun daily contests in all the sports you love. Baseball, basketball, hockey, golf, UFC, NASCAR, WNBA, and eSports too. Monkey Knife Fight has it all. You know what else MonkeyKnifeFight.com has? How about a free $5 game for you for just for signing up? And if you use the promo code ANTEUP, one word, A-N-T-E-U-P, you will have your first deposit matched instantly up to 50 bucks. With a name like MonkeyKnifeFight.com, you can be pretty certain you know what you're going to be getting when you sign up to play. Monkeys and knives and fights and sports. Sign up and play today at MonkeyKnifeFight.com. Play, play MKFing win. State and age restrictions apply. See site for full terms and restrictions. So that's how we uh, pay the bills. All right, so what else did I miss? Uh, I mean... What else happened in baseball? Eddie Rosario signed finally with the Indians. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, yep. thought that was a good signing for them. He's always a solid player. You know, gives you 25, 30 home runs. Uh, but we know that the Indians are just a, a complete mess right now. Um, wasn't there another baseball? You know, what, you know what I like about that move? And I, I like it because it's on the twin side, actually. Is that it opens up that, uh, that outfield spot for Alex Kirillov. Yeah, I think everyone's believing he's going to play anyway. He's kind of being drafted that way. Also, maybe I think we expect Nelson Cruz to be back there, too. I know that has Mm -hmm. kind of been reported that they started talking to him again. Uh, I guess, too, maybe his market is kind of waiting to see if there's a DH. Maybe it opens up more opportunities internationally. The Blue Jays signing Marcus Simeon, which I thought was a little surprising. But they're just their lineup is just loaded. Yeah, you know, it was kind of interesting because actually before I went away on vacation, um, there was all sorts of talk. It was like Vladimir Guerrero 
you know, dropping 30 pounds, wanted to go back to third, doesn't want to play first base, blah, blah, blah. Then you turn around, you sign Simeon uh, so that you move Biggio over to third. Simeon plays second. You keep uh, Bobachet at short. So you, you kind of have to stick Vladimir Guerrero's just still at first base. I mean, I think that, you know, Jim, Jim made an excellent point uh, with that today also um, in the fact that one of the things that we did notice about Calvin Biggio last year in the play, you know, in the, uh, in the, in the later part of the season and, um, you know, playoff wise, he, he struggles with velocity, with high velocity pitchers. Yeah, and I could, I could see them making another trade too. They need pitching badly. They do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, who would they deal? Who do you think they deal? One of the outfielders. The Te- yeah, Te- I mean, Grichuk might be tough to move. Teoscar, Goriel, they they're they're loaded there right now. Yeah, I mean, I think you know what what kind of looks like is Biggio at third, Bichette at short, Semyon at second, Vladimir Guerrero at uh, at first, and then you uh, you have Grichuk and Rowdy Telez uh, platoon the DH spot. Right, or you, you, they'll mix and match. You know, Telez will probably sit against lefties. They'll kind of mix in Grichuk between Teoscar and Lourdes, uh, or they make a deal. But, I mean, because the pitching staff, it, it's not good enough now. You know, Hinjin, Ryu, Robbie Ray sucks. Uh, I've said it for years. So overrated in fantasy. People get enamored with him. Oh, look at all the I'm strikeouts. strikeouts, Adam. The strikeouts. And he kills your fucking whip. Like, you know, <laughs> and I hate, I hate watching him pitch, bro, because – it, it, he'll he'll throw occasional gems like when his stuff is on, but he's three and two on every batter. He walks too many guys. It prevents him from going deep. Um, so and now you put him in the American League East. No, um, Nate Pearson's young. Tanner Roark. I know they just acquired Steven Matz, but uh, it's just not a good pitching staff at all. That's and that's going to be a, a, the problem for them. I mean, I guess they're going to just hope to outslug teams and then. You know, you condense the pitching in the playoffs. I mean, Ryu is – you feel good about him. It's a matter of can he stay healthy and get through the entire season. Uh, maybe Pearson becomes the guy they want, and then they're going to have to acquire another guy. So maybe they just f- figure, all right, we'll get through the regular season, and at some point we'll we'll be in the market for starting pitching. Yeah, that's definitely a possibility. It's definitely a possibility, no doubt. Ah, man, listen, if they want to compete for second in the division, that's what they're going to have to do. Oh, behind Tampa? True. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right, what else did I miss? Come on, don't I have anything? Let's see. What about? You know what? We do you watch Conor McGregor get his ass whooped? I did actually, and uh, yeah. So that one, ninety-one percent of the money was on McGregor. So that scared the shit out of me because like DK offered like a boost and I'm like, yeah, nah, I'm not going to take this. And uh, yeah, um, you know, I, it's not surprising because and I'm not a UFC expert at all. But like when you don't fight, like what do you expect? Like he's taking time off. He's in and out of uh, the octagon. So, you know, he was fine in the first round, but he kept working that calf and you could see that he was starting to to lose a little bit and then just got pummeled. So it uh, wasn't really too surprising, but man, so much money on McGregor. The books made a killing on that. 
Yeah, it was it was it was crazy. Uh, it was it was not. And I I said the same thing. I think you and I even talked about it. The fact that you know he was just you know all this all this stuff about wanting to to fight Khabib, uh, who retired, and and all of this nonsense and just looking past the fight and just yeah, like you said, on and off in the uh, in the octagon. I mean, yeah, he just he just got his ass whooped. Uh, Sadder thing, you know, all the memes with Conor McGregor laying down unconscious, all bloody, or that screech from Save the Bell died today. Which is more sadder? Probably screech. Are you a big screech fan? Not a big fan, but I watched the show Saved by the Bell. Did you? You were into yeah. that? I watched it. Yeah, you didn't watch it. Um, I mean, I I started to kind of age out of it after a little while. I mean, I don't know how many years it was on, but I kind of aged out of it. Yeah, I don't remember how many years it was on either, but I do remember watching it when I was younger. Did you? What was your favorite episode? I don't have one. I can't remember. I was it even... the one? Was it the one where, um, where, where the the girl who did the showgirls, Elizabeth Berkeley, when she was like all on speed and stuff, and she was like a drug addict? Is that your uh, favorite episode? I remember the movie. Um, I don't remember that episode with her. Uh, I like the other girl better, Kelly. Everybody liked Kelly, better. right? And Lisa, obviously. But at that point, I was Lisa was fantastic. Oh, dude. Can, can we... You know what? I mean, it's so funny that now, like, after all this time... Because you remember the facts of life? Yeah. Dude, when Tootie got older? Wow. Yeah, you go back and you look at some of your childhood stuff. And then you're like, wow, look how things have changed. Well, like everybody was like all into Blair and Joe because, you know, they were, you know, I mean, they were very attractive and, and they were the older ones. And nobody paid Tootie any mind because she was so young. She was so little. But then if you watched it like in the later years of the episode and she got older, oh, my goodness, did that girl fill out. Yeah. And that's always a good thing for me. That was a great thing for me, too, dude. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, I dug it. I dug it. Listen, there weren't a lot of. Uh, there weren't a lot of Latino women on TV back then. So I had to like pick and choose, you know, like for me, it was like Maria Conchita Alonzo. You remember her? I don't. Don't. Did you ever see the running man with Arnold Schwarzenegger? No. Did you ever see colors with Robert Duvall and Sean Penn? Yes. I think I have seen that. That one. I remember. She was the she was the one who was uh, who was banging. I think she was banging Sean Penn. All right, I gotta maybe if I see her, I know what you're who you're talking about. Jeez, well you go to like imdb.com. See, that so was maybe, the funny thing is like I was you know like I grew up with a lot of a lot of Puerto Rican and Dominican women, and you know you didn't have that on TV. So I mean we, you know it was like limited African American women as well. But at least you know we still had them, and as we were growing up, you know it was like. You know, there were there were different shows. Oh my God, the Jeffersons. What was what was the daughter's name? Oh. God, I watched that show too. Or then you can you can talk about Janet Jackson on Different Strokes. That was fantastic. Oof, oof! Can't believe you don't know who Maria Conchita Alonso is. That's all right. That's yeah, sorry, all right. I don't. <laughs> it happens it happens all right did i miss anything else adam or are we gonna wrap up today's show 
Um, I know you don't really care about the NBA, so that's why I didn't fill you in there. What do you mean? What are you talking about, dude? Uh, Drummond is out tonight, and that created all sorts of crazy good value. I did actually. I, I love the fact that uh, that the Lakers are are uh, in what they're they're behind the Jazz and the Clippers for doesn't matter best record does, in the NBA does not matter. Um, it matters. It, it matters. It um, shuts up. Look, it shuts up, Jim. No, it's not. I mean, look, this is a really tough stretch for uh, the Lakers. This is uh, the is this? Oh, wow. I didn't realize it was that many. This is the, uh, oh, yeah, seventh game on the road. Because, like, uh, on Wager Alarm on Saturday night, they played Boston. And I was like, man, I hate betting against the Lakers, but I like the Celtics getting two. And they covered. They lost by one. Um, but it's always hard to bet against the Lakers. But I'm just like, that's just, it's a tough spot. They were coming off two losses against the Pistons and the Sixers. Now, the loss against the Pistons, Anthony Davis didn't play. Still shouldn't have lost it. The Sixers game, they lost by one. They were down 14, made a furious rally. But, yeah, I mean, this is just a a really tough stretch for them on the road. Again, regular season means absolutely nothing for them. The one thing I'm surprised about is LeBron James has yet to miss a game. I think we all thought, like, he would sit some of these games. I knew he wasn't sitting against the Sixers and the Celtics. uh, But one of these games may be upcoming. Although the, the other factor could be he wants to win MVP. He was really pissed off that he didn't get it last year. And he is actually, well, I went over this on one of the Alarm After Hour shows last week. He's the favorite in a lot of books right now. So if that stays that way, I think he's going to push to win the MVP. And maybe that's why you don't see him sit as much. The team might feel differently as they get towards the end of the season. But I would feel that he would sit like games now and make that push. But if that, those odds remain close, I think he's going to make a push for that MVP. I mean, Luka Doncic has played well, but... That team is bad, and you usually don't get a player from a bad team. Um, Nikola Jokic has been unbelievable, and I was surprised how far his odds were down. Uh, the Bucks are just not as good as last year. They're 11-8, and eight, and I've been saying it all year. Like When they play decent teams, I look to go against them, um, and I think people still look at that team from last year, uh, but they just don't have the depth that they once had. So... Um, I think Joel Embiid is definitely there. The problem with him, he sits too much. That's going to hurt him. Uh, he sat the other night. Was it? Yeah, he sat yesterday, and they they came back and won. But as long as those odds kind of stay close, I can see LeBron making a big push to win that MVP. And we all know people vote on it. They like narratives. They like LeBron. So don't be surprised if LeBron makes a push to win that MVP this year. All right, listen, you know what? Aaron Rodgers did it all in the NFL, so why wouldn't LeBron want to do it there? Exactly. Although it's just, with LeBron, you would think the Lakers would be like, look, just sit. But you know what, though? That dude just is in great shape. Like, he spends a million dollars just to maintain his body. So, and he's not showing any signs of slowing down. So, I would not be surprised. He's going to probably sit at some point, but maybe not as many games as we initially thought because i know when people were drafting their fantasy season long leagues they absolutely had that in their mind i mean anthony davis has missed i don't know three or four games already um he's definitely more fragile than lebron we all know that but uh well it it, we'll see but uh i definitely would uh it sucks that he's become the favorite though you probably would have wanted those odds a couple weeks ago but Yeah. yeah I like it. I like it. All right. Well, so there you go. I feel I feel pleasantly caught up right now. 
So you should be. And now you can just uh, get right back in the mix and be good to go. There it is. There it is. So buckle up, folks. We got a, a nice long week. A couple of things I do want to let you guys in on here. Um, you know, obviously, anti up. Adam and I are here uh, because of Fantasy Alarm and the Sawdust Podcast Network. Uh, over at Fantasy Alarm and Wager Alarm, where Adam and I both uh, contribute, a uh, couple of fun things. For the Super Bowl, first of all, go to fantasyalarm.com slash big game, right? And that'll take you to our uh, our Super Bowl contest. It's free to enter. Uh, 250 for first place, uh, 100 for second place, 50 for third, um, something like that. I think I'm missing one in there also. Where is it? 250, 150. Oh, yeah, fourth place gets a hoodie, fifth place gets a hat. Um, if you are a lifetime member of Fantasy Alarm, those cash prizes double for you. So you have the possibility of winning $500 for a free entry into our big game contest. A lot of prop stuff, a lot of fun Super Bowl stuff, you know, the usual. We've been doing it at Fantasy Alarm for a number of years. So uh, get over to fantasyalarm.com slash big game. Uh, and then here's the big one here for, for a lot of people. Uh, Adam, I'm sure you've... Uh, had people talking to you about it after you've retweeted it, uh, but we're giving away a, a PS5 over at wageralarm.com. Uh, go to wageralarm.com slash PS5, uh, and you can see what you need to do in order to obtain tickets to increase your chances of winning a PS5. Now, a lot of that stuff is a lot of following on Twitter for a ticket or this or that. If you get a subscription, over to wageralarm.com, you get like 15 tickets. So, uh, you know, it's uh, it's if you're into the PS5, uh, that's probably a, a big thing. Adam, are you a video game guy, Adam? No, I kind of stopped playing around college, but I was as a kid, was big into Madden, be at friend's house playing Madden all night, playing all those video games as a kid, but kind of just stopped right around college and got into fantasy and was working and all that stuff and women so i just had to cut something out and it was the video games it was the video game you know what for me it was the video games as well i i gave up on that what was the last system that you consistently played on i know the last system i had was playstation 2 <laughs> uh, i did not have a wii but my ex and ex's kids did so when i was hanging out with them i did play on the wii that was fun like the boxing the tennis the bowling that was really fun, um, but I didn't own the system. All right. Um, the original Nintendo. That was the last uh, one for me. Really? I, you know, I mean, wow. you know, listen. Worse I, than I, me, I, I thought I was bad. I've got some drug dealer friends who, you know, all had their, you know, their their PlayStations and stuff like that. So I, I kind of dabbled on them a little bit. Um, you know, I, I lived with a dude that, uh, you know, he had a, a PlayStation, so... We played a lot of like, you know, a lot, a lot of football games and hockey games and stuff like that. A lot of sports games. Um, I couldn't tell you what they were, but, you know, whatever. I just know the sports that we played. But, yeah, man, I never uh, I never got into it. It never like it just the last system that I owned was Nintendo. Uh, and that was I threw out the window in my freshman year of college uh, because people were uh, were playing all night long, uh, you know, and, and just in my room. I was like, get the fuck out of my room. Yeah. And they wouldn't get out of my room. So I ripped it out of the uh, the system and I threw it out the window. 
Yeah, it's amazing. Like so many people are into those video games. Even people my age, I know, still are into it big. I just never. Yeah, it's been a long time. Just never got back involved in it. Yeah, same with me. Well, again, if you want to win, you increase your chances of getting a free PS5. Go to wageralarm.com slash PS5 uh, and find out how to how to enter. It's free to enter, and then you just uh, have to find different creative ways of, uh, of obtaining tickets and increasing your chances. So uh, that's going on till uh, the 15th of February. So you've got uh, right up until a little Valentine's Day and uh, go for it there. Uh, that's going to do it for us here tonight. As always, Adam, thank you again for covering for me last week, bringing in that uh, nice array of guests. And uh, thank you all for, uh, for listening. For Adam Ronis, I'm Howard Bender. And we'll catch you next time.